For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure you select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes every Thursday. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 127. Woo! Oh, yes. And we are live we are. on Twitch doing it. We got our Christmas special. We got Santa Claus up there in that corner. You see him? Oh. And then we've got Jamie over there. And... <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to point. Yeah, we got to figure out. We got to figure out where you're at on the stream. Yeah. Uh, yeah so a few new level ups on our stream quality here. For those that here. want to uh, tune in on Twitch TV in a future episode, if you're listening to this one, um, we're doing some cool transitions and effects and video and audio transitions, all sorts of cool stuff that Kyle's been working on. We're going next level with it. You know, I figured what the heck. It's time, right? Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think we got I, a new year coming in, so yeah, I think that's the next step is is a virtual reality experience, right? And we will get that going very shortly. Mm -hmm. um, it'll be like you're one of the hosts. You put your headset on and you start living <laughs> our lives. It's like you're podcasting, so it's like you're just sitting there watching the stream. Except there's a green screen behind me, and um, that's that's really all that's different. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's actually the first fully immersive podcast simulator ever created. Yeah. It makes you feel like a and podcaster. I know, right? Dreams do come true. Uh, you know, not everybody has the ability <laughs> or natural talent to be a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, everyone, literally, anyone can be a podcaster. Look at us. You can We're do podcasting. It. If you can dream it, you can do it. Right. All right. Yeah. That's what we want to let you know. But that's not the most important thing happening right now. I think, what, what was, what's, a, what's the important thing that just happened, Kyle? Uh, Brown just did something with his cat in the window. I think that might be important. That was an important thing. That, this is a uh, typical yeah. occurrence, but I don't know what she's doing, so she'll have to stay yeah. out there a little bit longer. Man. Wild stuff. No, Merry I gotta Christmas. say, I mean, it's, it is Christmas. Merry Christmas to all, one and all, all the children out there, all the children listening. You should uh, take your headphones off because this is a explicit rated podcast. Your parents should not be letting you listen to this. Um, but if they are, kudos to them. And right. Yes, Merry Christmas. And yeah, uh, Kyle, what'd you do for Christmas? I mean, it's kind of a weird Christmas this year. It is really weird. Uh, I didn't do a whole heck of a lot right. other than. Uh, I mean, my in-laws watch my daughter, like, while I work and while my wife works and stuff. So, they, I mean, you know, they watch her at my house. So, we got together with them. It's just two of them. Nothing nothing crazy, though. I mean, usually we like to go to a movie on Christmas Day. Yeah. That's not yeah. a thing anymore. Uh, yeah, not nothing. Zoom calls yep. with the family. I crushed my family at Mario Kart. I thought that... They were going to put up some kind of competition. I don't even play that much. Dude, it was just like, yeah, but child's play. Kyle, but you, how about you, you? You own, what, three to 5,000 physical copies of video games and 20,000, you know, right. non-physical copies Not or something. Them. Yeah, it was so. a lot. It's a lot of physical copies. It's hard, so to, hard to live up to. Yeah. Hard to compete with. Well, my brother did send me an interesting link after we played, because uh, I've been playing a game 
It's very stressful. It's in the Dark Souls series, but um, actually the most stressful game scientifically is Mario Kart. It gets your really? heart rate up the highest. Yeah, pretty crazy. But that's completely besides the point. What'd you do for Christmas? I did uh, almost nothing. Uh, it could have been very much could have been what we would term a bed day. And a bed day is a day where you specifically don't leave the bed other than to go to the bathroom or get food. Kyle, have you ever done a bed day? I haven't, but that's something that I've I've always thought it would be fun. But then I'm like, I better really like my bed. Yeah, and you I don't like really bed. like my bed right now. And uh, you gotta have things close at hand too, because like you gotta have you gotta have everything to be able to, you know, watch shows, reads. Every, everything's got to be right at your fingertips, or else it's gonna be like, yeah. this is less fun. Let's go downstairs where there's a lot more fun things or whatever. But it yeah. it, it, it was very close. Uh, a lot of relaxation, Zoom calls, all that kind of stuff. We did go outside. My wife, I asked my wife what she wanted for Christmas dinner. And you expect, what do you expect, like a roast or a ham or something like that? And she was like, burgers on the grill. And I looked outside, and it was a, let's say a winter, it's a tundra. Uh, It was, it was felt like it was like negative 15. And I was like, this grill isn't going to start. And indeed, that starter was not going. (laughs) But, and I was a little afraid that the propane wouldn't even come out of the tank, like stay stay liquid or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I turned it on, manual lit it, everything was good, made some delicious burgers. And I was like, you know what? successful and so it was a a christmas miracle uh (laughs) pancakes in the morning burgers at night just some classic stuff wow dude you were living the life now there's so something that you just brought up there which i didn't even realize that this is like a debatable topic or something but i know some people who say well i found out some people say this that like the wind chill doesn't matter they're like oh the temperature because here in minnesota like it'll be temperatures negative two but with the wind i think it was like christmas eve what was it it's negative wind chills like negative 28 or yeah, something, something like, like that, that yeah. it was it was really brutal so to me i'm like it's negative 28 outside yeah. <laughs> but some people are like you don't have to factor that in at all i'm like i think you kind of do yeah no but it's the thing is if it's, it feels it's a, like it's it? a dry cold really <laughs> so you yeah. don't even feel yeah. it <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. I don't. So fucking cold. Very. I don't and the like thing it. that's crazy is it was like forty. What the day before? Hours. <laughs> it was actually it was it was forty six outside. Hours before it was uh, in the single digits because it dropped. It, it dropped. Outrageous. It plummeted like thirty degrees when the storm rolled in. The storm. Outrageous. As if everyone watching this knows the storm <laughs> that we had where we live. The storm of Southeast Minnesota. Right. Everybody's heard about it in the news. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, ben, you. It's much warmer where you live. You've been calling me Ben uh, a lot lately. Why? Well, I don't really know what. You, like you know, Zach calls you Ben. I'm like, is it a term of endearment? I don't know what's going on. So do I call him Ben. Mm. Do I call him Brom. And I'm like, I'm used. To, I've called him Brom since like 2008 or mm, nine yeah. or whatever. You gotta, you gotta keep calling me Brom. Okay. All right. Good. That's just a Because I definitely thing. notice when someone names. calls me something other than what they typically call me. If someone that usually calls me Ben calls me Brom, that also really sticks out. Man. But uh, I, it, I'm not going to lie to you. It feels unnatural when I do it. Um, weird weird, weird to, like, thing with, uh, with your family. I have family. to think about that. Weird thing with your family. Um, I got the iPhone 12 Pro Max on Tuesday. And yeah. um, when I was getting it set up, it had like shared like Apple accounts or something on on my previous phone that they were trying to carry over for some reason. 
And I yeah. don't know what it was, but the guy said he'd never seen this many shared accounts on a phone in his life. And I'm just thinking, like, oh, my God, my phone was hacked or something. And the first <laughs> person. <laughs> and it was. I don't know why. And I didn't have an iPhone when I when I hung out with your your family and the band and everything. But it had all the band members yeah. from Kenan's band. It had Christy on there. Had your entire seriously like family and extended family that we had to go through, and I had to decline like transmitting all the data <laughs> to my new phone. I don't know how wow. it had to have been like a shared app that we all like went in on together or something. I have no Dude, idea. And it had oh, to have been what was that one we all phone. used to play? Uh, drawing. What was that one? Drawing with friends or something? Really? Is that what it was? What the heck was that one? Draw. Yeah. Draw, I don't know. Draw, you draw we all used to play that app though. Yeah. Look, I mean, see, I. Dr- I what the heck was that game called? I, I don't know. It was fun. It was, it was weird, though. It was weird. Because the first person he mentioned was was a Christy, and then your last name. I don't know if we've thrown out your last name on this pod or whatnot. At Gmail, and I'm like, I don't know any. I'm like, wait, how's Christy spelled? And then it was with a K and an I, so I knew it was your sister. And then he went through them all, and it was Brandon and all the other members of Keenan's band. It was Seriously. crazy. Set a new record at the local Verizon store. <laughs> Wow. So my family hacked your iPhone for Christmas. Apparently, yeah. But that's about wow. all I did that. I watched uh, The Mandalorian. Uh, that nice. was really cool, the second season. Watched uh, Queen's Gambit. That was a really good series. Uh, got some food poisoning. Good. Oh, wonderful. It was a nightmare. Probably the worst I've ever felt in my life. Just burned through me. But uh, that's about it. Ugh. Well. Are there any Christmas movies that you guys usually watch, like a traditional Christmas movie? Well, I found it's like like my my wife. I I always joke with her. She hates old things. She only likes new things. She doesn't want to watch oldies. She'll even look at movies like she like Star Wars, and she's like old, not good. Seriously, you don't like Indiana Jones. It's not old. that. But doesn't she like shark movies? Yep. Like Jaws? No. Or she didn't like no, Jaws, right? No, Jaws was too old. The old movie. Yeah. Disgusting. But then this this Christmas season, I found out she loves Sound of Music. And that's kind of like to her in her a little bit of a Christmas movie, and it shows a lot during Christmas. I don't think it has much Christmas theme to it, but it shows a lot during Christmas. And there was she like wouldn't stop watching it at a certain point. Like she was watching it, and I was like, oh, let's you know change it back to the football game or whatever. And she's like, one more commercial, one more commercial break on this like sound of music stuff. So that's kind of uh, <laughs> I found out that was kind of like her Christmas movie is like sound of music. That's the new thing, huh? My favorite's kind of, gonna yeah. be. Christmas Vacation, and it's not even particularly that close. That is so good. I love it. Oh, you serious, Clark? Serious, Clark? Yeah, I busted that out a few times <laughs> yeah. already this this weekend. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's uh, oh, one oh. I really like to watch. I watched. I did watch one with with my brother with Patrick for for badmovietwins.com. This is my website. If you guys didn't know, but badmovietwins.com. That's badmovietwins.com. And uh, we watched this year. We watched Jingle All the Way. Oh. oh. A little Schwarzenegger Sinbad action? Uh, yeah. Sinbad, Sinbad is a is nuts in that movie. Nuts. Oh, he's great. He commits crazy crimes. He ex- actually, he threatens, twice threatens people with uh, bombs, like mail bombs. And really? one time it actually explodes. He would, he would be a terrorist. He would have been sent to like a high security prison as a terrorist. Wow. It's crazy. But then he's like, Sinbad, the tone end. it down. Yeah, he had to see it. Turn it in, and he dangles like a kid off of like a roof at the end. Huh. Whatever, movie silly. <laughs> I loved that one as a kid. I'm surprised that qualifies as a bad movie. What? 
<laughs> I mean, I, it's been a really long time since I've seen it's it. It's been but. it's very poorly reviewed, uh, and it, yeah. it is weird. It's a weird Christmas movie because it's, it's the entire thing is about uh, materialism. At no point yeah. does it really like even at the very end, it doesn't totally transition away from like toys are king. This is how you buy the love of your children, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the well, Waterworld I mean, effect for me because I remember enjoying that movie when I was a kid oh, too. Well, I and, love, then you, and then you rewatch love, it, and it's like, oh, it's bad. <laughs> uh, no, you rewatch that, and there's so many things like that scene. Remember when he's like, <laughs> the golfing <laughs> Charles, Charles, maybe he goes by Chuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think yeah, Hopper, Hopper, Hopper in general is amazing. He's he's crazy in in Speed. Speed's a great movie, but Dennis Hopper's nuts in it. Well, dude, he's he's awesome. Anyways, very. We watched topic. a Christmas movie. You think we should did? we should we should we dive? I think we probably should. <laughs> dive, 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 dive. <laughs> what began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brahm, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. Okay, we are back. And I realized for the stream name, I spelled the word Connecticut wrong. Because oh, uh, I'm, I'm an connect, idiot. Connect, I cut. Yeah. Connect. You gotta make There's sure you get that. There you we get, go. You gotta get that final. I mean, sometimes you get a little tricked. You think, hey, that's gonna have double T. You gotta have a double T in there. Not true. Yeah. No double T's in Connecticut. Man. What do we Just think? Is Connecticut the most difficult state to spell? <laughs> well, I think if you did, weren't familiar with uh, states, Hawaii would be the hardest to spell. Mm, Why? That's true. What about Mississippi? Just because there's so many S's and all nah, that stuff. Nah, it seems very straightforward. That's one you just I mean, you remem- might, you memorize that one. You learn all the little I guess the you have to. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-P-P-I or whatever nope, it is. Is this a new podcast? Is this a new podcast to the spelling bee? Where we just try to have people spell things? I was a spelling master. I was a... Really? Really? Yeah. Spell Arkansas. Arkansas, basically. Arkansas. Is that allowed yeah. at a spelling bee? Can you do that? No. <laughs> yeah, That'd be funny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually kind of obvious. And you just go back to your seat. Just like do um, like a geography. Kobe animation as you walk back to your seat. <laughs> then the little bell dings. I ge- yeah, I was a geography bee champion. Nice. I, That's pretty cool. I won my school and then I qualified for state and I got uh, 11th. I almost made it to the stage for Massachusetts. I liked, uh, I liked geography. That's a good point right there. Stern in our stream just did mention you also said the state you're from there so you're probably used to it but Massachusetts yeah it's probably I mean that's pretty darn hard one to spell if you're not from there well and, yeah. and Massachusetts also has a distinction having a large number of hard to spell cities like the city yeah. I used to live in Worcester, Worcester which is not spelled at all like Worcester it's spelled I think I can like spell that Worcester no seriously it's yeah Worcester W O R C E S T E R right or is it yeah yeah. yeah, no, it's Worcester. It's not Worcester. Yeah. Some some of them have the Chester in there. Oh. But this one's Cester. Oh, Worcester. Santa's getting hot and bothered over yeah, there. Yeah, All right. Here we, we go. We, I think we had said we were going to get into this movie. And we had to get we've into been talking this movie. about spelling. People yeah. love this. 
It's true. People do love banter. Uh, we know we should, we should actually re let's rename this and redo this podcast. We'll be thinking like something of banter, a certain amount of banter. Let's try to figure this one out. Hmm. Sort of beer anyway, of banter, a wine glass worth of banter. Wine glass worth of banter. Perfect. That's original. What about thought. this? Um. Okay. So we watched. What do we watch from? It is called Christmas in Connecticut. Good old-fashioned film from 1945. Mm. Took place... I mean, there's a little bit of Nazi action in this to, to start the movie. That's true. And I think and James will be getting it right filmed, into that. It was filmed and released uh, at the very tail end of World War II. So technically speaking, this was still... World War II was still happening at the time that this... Uh, this movie was being released and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's uh, directed by Peter Godfrey, who's a well-known um, <clears throat> director of the time, and then stars, probably the biggest star is the female lead, Barbara Stanwyck. Um, and then there's other people like Dennis Morgan and Sidney Greenstreet, who are big stars as well. But Barbara Stanwyck was a kind of a superstar at the time and continued to be and uh, really heads up um, the movie in the end. Very charming actress. Yes. Yeah. I found her. I found her. She's very interesting. And I, I found this when I've watched older movies. A lot of times you have your leading men. Like in this case, the leading man is Dennis Morgan. And I found him to be a little bit of like almost like a cardboard cutout of a guy. Like he's he's got everything. Check off all the boxes. Right. He's sitting there playing the piano. He's singing. He's handsome. He's like a war hero. But overall, he's kind of just like, you know, they could have cut him out of the same mold as he's, a million. Other he's guys. just like the generic yeah. Hollywood leading man. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy, especially yeah. in the days of old. Like everybody's got the same hair, right. they got the same kind of look, whatever they're doing, the same jaw exercises, whatever the heck they do. I don't know how you do it. But then, <sighs> but then Barbara, something. Barbara Stanwyck, though, I found her. She's very, she seems very unique and very charming. Interesting look to her. Um, kind of interesting in a lot of different ways, and it's always, it's always funny to watch some of these older films and be like wow you know she was great and then you're like well obviously I mean, that's why she was a <laughs> that's why she was a star because she was great so mm. uh, i think you first mentioned her. that in fantastic voyage right yeah no, i know but sometimes sometimes With, because oh, some of the actresses end up getting a uh getting kind of a bad rap uh that was raquel welsh i think i was saying right yes it was yep yeah. very good um but uh barbara stanwick i mean she was she was very well regarded and very famous and stuff like that so this isn't one of those things it's almost being like man i watched uh, casablanca that humphrey burger pretty good it's like it's not spoiler alert it's not like a crazy thing to say but it is always kind of interesting to go back to these old films and kind of be reminded oh yeah no she was really good <laughs> she's like really good mm -hmm. at what she did yeah so um but yeah should we get into it I think we should. I mean, what uh, what have been going for? Only like 20 minutes, maybe longer now yeah, at this it's point? Been, yeah, knows? we've already recorded for a while. We should probably <laughs> get started. So, yeah. So, we open up and, and uh, we get our uh, first uh, of the submarine action of this film. Un unfortunately, it's also the only submarine action of the film. <sighs> as say we it see, isn't so. And uh, I'm going to have to say it is so. Because uh, we see a, um, a Nazi submarine. And we do get some nice shots inside the submarine. We get the nice shots of the submarine shooting off its torpedoes. I'm not sure if that was from some other movie or something. Because a very small part of this movie. Uh, but they sink. it sinks a, uh, a boat. And we then see a... Um, 
a raft, a life raft, kind of floating around in the aftermath, and it has two people on it. One is our leading man, Dennis Morgan, and then the other one is his, uh, you know, uh, other person that he was, you know, tra- kind of trapped with on the boat, uh, Sinkowitz, um, played by Frank Frank Jenks, and they're kind of like hanging out, and uh, Dennis Morgan's having this kind of crazy dream where he's getting served a bunch of food, uh, and kind of interesting. I think the direction on it, on the film is actually is pretty good, and this is kind of an interesting mm-hmm. scene. Um, but he gets woken up by Sinkowitz being kind of a jokester and think that's Sinkowitz's MO. He's like joking around and doing his thing. He's like, what were you dreaming about? And Jefferson Jones, our leading man's like, oh man, he's like, I just want to eat. I just want to eat. I can't wait to get back to, if we get rescued, I'm just going to eat through everything. And they get rescued and they end up being sent, uh, to a hospital we see this wonderful food coming down the aisle. Oh, man, that's going straight to our boy Jefferson. He's going to mack on that food. He's going to fucking love it. But then he gets, <laughs> the, you know, his friend Sinkowitz gets this wonderful food. It's like steak and stuff like that. And Jefferson instead gets milk. What, what was in the milk? Milk at something? It was gross. It looked like an egg floating egg. in it. Oh, milk yeah, an egg. egg. It, was, it was a milk with an egg in it. And, oh, and, and then, that's because they'd, they'd been gone without food for so long. And right. so their stomach couldn't handle Right. A steak. And Sinkowitz, Sinkowitz is basically like, I charm the pants off the, the nurses. That's why I'm getting good food. But the, the nurse, Mary well, that's Lee. that's not the word he used, though. He's like, no. you got to give her the old Magoo. Yeah, the Magoo. And this was maybe a dated thing, because I was like, what? what does this mean? What's a Magoo? It's like they're trying to, it's like in, uh, what, Mean Girls were trying to make fetch a thing? Yeah. Right. The old Magoo. It's like, Sinkowitz, stop trying to make Magoo a thing. <laughs> this isn't a thing. <laughs> but uh, no, Mary Lee um, Jefferson's nurse is like, no, you can't eat it because your stomach can't handle it. Uh, the only re- reason Sinkowitz can can eat the food is because you let him have the last of the K rations. Um, and so he's actually better prepared to ha- handle the food or whatever. By like and a day. So Je- yeah. But Mary Lee's clear- got a little bit of a crush on Jefferson, really doting on him. She's like, a, oh, little old me. She keeps being like, oh, what little old me? And she's from small town <laughs> from the south. And she's like kind of doting on him. And, and afterwards... Jefferson's like, yo, Sinkowitz, how are you getting all this food? And he's like, you got to give her the old Magoo. Mary Lee is digging you, wants to get up on Jefferson. And so, like, give her the old Magoo. And he's like, oh, man, am I going to have to marry her? And uh, Sinkowitz is like, no, but you got to kind of make it seem like you're going to. That's what the Magoo is, really, is like kind of just like smooching on up to make it seem like you're interested in marrying uh, her and then she'll give you food and guess what he gives her the old magoo and it's true i mean he gets a bunch of food he and does. so and it's funny because actually what the re- the exact reason she said that he couldn't have food comes in because he tries to he gets steak and he tries to eat it he's like <laughs> choking like oh my god is there or is trachea won't open up esophagus not trachea idiot but yeah so then afterwards <laughs> after he's like still recovering and all that stuff He's kind of like, oh, Mary Lee, you've been like such a good friend to me and blah, 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 all this stuff. And, you know, she's clearly like very interested in, in trying to to marry him. And But she's talking to her friend and is like, yeah, I just don't think he knows what it means to have like a home and to have like a family and to have like a Christmas. And like he's he doesn't know what he's missing out, basically, if if he were to marry me. What should I do? And they kind of have bonded over their shared love of this columnist in a uh, new, uh, newspaper called Elizabeth Lane, who cooks all this wonderful food. And she describes how she cooks it on her farm, and she's like flipping flapjacks and like making all these wonderful things. And like, ah, oh, Elizabeth Lane, isn't it great? 
And so she she's thinking, Mary Lee's thinking, if I could just give him that experience of Elizabeth Lane's like quaint like farm life, he would realize that little old me might be like a, a great thing to have. And so she gets an idea, wait a second, I nursed back to health the like niece or nephew or something of the publisher of the magazine who publishes Elizabeth Lane. So she writes this publisher and is basically like, yo, uh, I think it was Yard- Yardley, right? Yo, Mr. Yep, Yardley. Yardley's name. Remember little old me. Uh, w- would you um, get Elizabeth Lane to host my war hero, future fiance, my beau, um, on her farm for Christmas to show what it's like to have like a family like that? And Yardley gets this letter, and he's kind of grumpy. He's on these all these diets. He's a big fat person, and he's like he's on these diets. He's like cranky. His family doesn't want to come in for Christmas uh, this year, so he's going to be alone anyways. And he gets this letter, and he's very touched. And so he's like, done. And so he calls up uh, Elizabeth Lane's um, editor and is like, basically explains the situation. And the editor's like, oh boy, because he knows this is going to be a big problem because we flash forward to Elizabeth Lane sitting in her apartment in New York, nowhere close to a farm, clearly having made up this entire scenario of how she lives. And the big and thing with Yardley- having- Food delivered to her. Yeah. She has food delivered by a local chef, Felix, who she's like, who loves her and and he, uh, she loves him. And they're like, they're basically family. Um, or, or Where are they he really from family? again? He's from Hungary. Um, Hungary. Okay. I can't remember. I can't, Dude, I can't, yeah, I can't remember. So if many actually food around, things but, in this. Yeah. And like the first half hour of this movie made me extremely hungry because <laughs> it was just so food driven. Yeah. Was like, my gosh. And basically, Felix is like making fun of her because she's like, he's like, oh, you you can't even cook, and you have this column, isn't that funny? And he's like, well, you're the inspiration for the column, and I put all your food in there, and it wouldn't be so good without you. So we're like a great team. And Felix loves her, and it's like great. Um, and so the the <laughs> she's just using him, man. Yeah. No, <laughs> just sticking his recipes. He's like, <laughs> okay, yeah. And then everything is hunky dunky. And the uh, uh, the editor comes in and is basically like, oh you know, we're in big trouble. Yardley is a stickler for truth. Like he will not, he can't abide such a scandal as you having a New York apartment and pretending like you're doing all this stuff in your farm. So we're fucked to put it plainly. And she's like, yeah, you're right. We're fucked. And they're like, basically they have no idea what to do. And so he's like, she's like, Oh, I'll just go to explain to him that I can't possibly do it that you know my child is sick or something she's gonna make up some lie and she goes out and heads out there and yardley basically is like very insistent ready to go and it won't really won't take no for an answer at all she can't even get a word in which is actually kind of like a theme of the movie she like never can really like get in to explain any situation and uh she's always flustered uh because of this and so yardley is like oh and and maybe and i you know I could even come too because she she starts to leave, being like I've I'm screwed, like I couldn't get him to like, um you know go backtrack on this whole farm situation. She's like I, I really got to do it. She runs back in there and he comes up and says I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm gonna come to the farm too, and we're gonna spend all of Christmas to you. And she's like oh shit, so it's even worse. <laughs> so now this like crazy guy Yardley's gonna be around, trying to and and they have to hide everything from him because you know they're gonna get fired if if. They find he finds out what's going on. 
So she heads back to Felix's restaurant where to find um, the uh, the editor, Dudley. And then her, kind of this guy, uh, what was his name? Sloan? John Sloan. Yeah, Sloan. Sloan, yeah, yeah. who's just been kind of like fringe creeping on her. Looks like for years, always like, yeah, like years, you know, years, years and years. Hey, why don't we get married? You know that type of thing? It's like, right. oh, well, if we're not married and by the time we're 35, then let's just get married type and the, situation. And the, yeah, and the girl usually in that situation is like, uh, sure. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. That ain't happening. Um, but yeah, no, and, and it was weird. It was weird they didn't come up with the, this solution in the first place. I mean, I guess because you found with the rest of the movie that it was such like a stupid kind of hard thing to do. But Sloan owns the farm that she kind of based the her life off of. Um, you know, so like the recipes are all from her uncle Felix, but then Sloan's farm is kind of the setting. And so they decide, okay, yes, I will marry you. Why not? Um, seems like I, I don't really have much of a life in New York, so maybe this is for the best anyways. And, you know, we'll get married and then, you know, we'll go to the, we'll have the farm and we'll host Christmas and everything will be great and we'll be married. And so they, she, they, you know, they head out there and they're supposed to get married right there. Like, it's kind of crazy. It's like, will you marry me? And she's like, yeah. And then it's like, and I got the judge here and I can't believe it wouldn't be like, maybe later. <laughs> like, no, dude. Maybe try they not to mix this bring- in here. Maybe one of the greatest characters. Judge Brothers? No, not the greatest character. No, the judge. <laughs> he's and just he's, so goofy. Yeah. He's like just cracking up at his own jokes, and they're not even like good. He's like, 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 I was trying to, I was trying to get a good impression going, because I felt like he sounded like Littlefinger from Game of Thrones, so like a little bit like this, like a little <laughs> bit of an Irish accent. There was something, yeah, there was a little bit of something there. And like I can't remember what it was. He's like, oh, we're going to have it right here. We're going to get married right here in front of the mantle. And he's like, well, I don't want to stand near the fireplace. I want to be cooked alive. (laughs) He's like, what's going on here? Like, who is this guy? Uh, Like, that wasn't even that good. But but kudos to you, man. You laugh hard enough, other people are forced to laugh, right? Because they're just like... There's, there must be something. And probably the biggest lie they have to make up at this point as well, besides trying to get married in five seconds, is that they're supposed to have a baby. And so she's like, well, we're screwed anyways because we don't have a baby, which is weird because I'd, yeah, I'd just be like, oh, we're having so many people in the house. I sent them to my my, my mother's or something. <laughs> like, 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 It's not that crazy to be like, the kid's not here. Like, deal with it to Yardley. And like the... Yeah, well, and, but and for Jefferson. Christmas though? Still, we had so many people. You're my boss. Like, my mom, yeah. took, my mom took the baby. <laughs> Sorry, baby's um, too young to appreciate it anyway. Right, but uh, it was going to be so I hectic. I had to cook, cook with you, uh, cook for you. I yeah, as I cut yeah. Anyways, they um, then he's like, well, I took care of it. Sloan's like, I took care of it, and they have a they have a neighbor's baby that the housekeeper Nora is taking care of, and it's like, well, Nora's taking care of this baby anyway, so this is our baby now. And uh, Elizabeth's like, great. (laughs) Perfect. We're ready to go. So they're about to get married. Ceremony is about to happen. When they hear like a a sled coming up, and who is it but Jefferson? He's arrived early. And this begins a series of scenes between Jefferson and Elizabeth where I can only say that Elizabeth – so clearly just wants to jump his bones so hard the entire yeah. time. It's crazy. She can't even handle herself. She sees Jefferson, this cardboard cutout of a man, and it's basically like, oh my God. <laughs> uh, I yeah. need it. Mama likes, I need that. 
yeah. and can't handle it herself is. anymore. She's like, get the judge out this of here. I ain't marrying is, you. Fuck you. This movie is the biggest advertisement for love at first sight. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. My shredder just started going in my room. That was pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so they're like, the judge, they're basically like, get out of here, judge. And they, they try to get the judge into like a different room and they're still going to try to get married real quick. Um, but then uh, everything starts going, you know, nuts and, and kind of prevents this from happening. Because here's Jefferson and he's brought like a rocking chair, which has to do with her column and stuff like that. But then also they have like a ba- the baby's there and uh, she's like has to like the baby starts crying or something. She has to get the baby. And it's like he's basically like, yeah, Jefferson's like. Oh, I have like a bunch of nieces and nephews and stuff like that. I love babies. And, and oh, it's because the baby needs to get bathed. That's why it's crying. It's bath time. And, uh, Elizabeth's and he's like, like I really? also love bathing babies. Yeah. And would you let me bathe your baby? Doesn't that, doesn't that strike? That struck me as a little bit odd. We, Just, come, we come from a different era. I guess. Yeah. If somebody was like, I'd never met before and they're like, hey, can I bathe your baby? I'd be like, uh, no. What, what do you want? Like, if I, no, if I time traveled though, and someone offered to bathe, bathe my baby in the 1940s, I'd be like, "Eh, you know what? That's probably fine." I think also, I think also, probably there was just like a lot more bathing of each other at that time. Probably it was like, Is there? "Can I bathe you?" And I'd be like, "Yeah," because we're filthy. So yeah, in the 40s, you think the 40s people were that filthy? Yeah, all the time. They were just covered. They were covered in dirt. Old west. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's people alive who are lived through the 40s. No, They're building no. war machines I, all day and night, covered in yeah, coal covered in filth, grease, covered in filth. And, and grease. It was actually, I, I think, actually, that was the thing. It was the highest form of flattery to be like, "May I bathe you?" Interesting. They they just scraped the dirt and filth off of you. Wow, with like a uh, one of those ice scrapers for your car mm-hmm. windshield, you just exactly. run that up somebody's back and just peel the layers off. And the that's Industrial also Revolution. That's gr- actually where the ice scraper first came. Originally, when they when they had to scrape ice off of it, they they did it with their fingernails. But then they realized that the the dirt and the filth scrapers that they everyone had for themselves, they usually cup it in, in a holster. They're like, hey, this also works. Wow, man! Wow. So, so people are pretty fact, filthy if they're keeping those things holstered. You can just they go got around scraping right strangers. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, it was like a it was a form of greeting, really. Anyways, I feel like we've gotten <laughs> off track a little bit. Anyways, I don't think we have. There's a very large. There's this. a very long scene it's of like, bathing it's like babies. Monkey, it's like monkeys eating bugs off of each other, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they bathe the baby for a while. Jefferson was like all up in bathing that baby, uh, going crazy for it. Um, and basically, like, and then here like, there was a big snafu tr- because oh, she's yeah. like, the baby's name is Robert. He's giving a bath. He's like. Did you say this baby's like, name is what? Robert? Yeah. She's like, oh, Roberta! Right. Uh-oh. And the, the one of the things that really cracked me up, and I I mean, whatever, before I had a kid, I think I probably did this too, but um, she would always refer to the baby as it. She's like, right. oh, well, where is it? Just give it here. You know, I'm talking about the baby. I'm like, oh my gosh. After you have one, that's a habit that really almost instantly goes away. Hmm. So just that, that cracked me up quite a bit. And then, uh, yeah, so then um, they have like dinner and stuff and they're like having a great time. And it's like, oh, it's early. Oh, and, and, and 
Jefferson's like playing the piano and she's like can't even handle it. She's basically like and like drops like stuff and like breaking shit because she just can't handle how like awesome Jefferson is and like how much she wants to like jump him. And then uh, basically um, Sloan's like, oh, it's nine o'clock in the farm, like time to go to bed. Everyone in bed, bedtime, bedtime. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I'm like real sleepy because I can't eat another bite and all this stuff. And Sloan's like real happy with himself. He's like, I just nailed that. Elizabeth, let's go. I've got the judge coming. We can get married now. Like we got everyone up in bed. And so they go in there and they're going to get, uh, they're going to get married. But the judge is like, you need a witness. It can't just be you two. And so she's like, oh, I'll go grab Felix. And so she runs to the kitchen. Not, she, she clearly doesn't want to get married, but she runs out to get him and sees that Yardley and Jefferson are both palling around in the kitchen eating leftovers. Uh, clearly they were being polite saying it was time for, uh, uh, for sleep, but they were, they were still hungry. They loved the food, love Felix's food, who they think is Elizabeth's food, but, uh, Felix's food. And they're just like going to eat some and they just love living on the farm. And so she goes in there and is like, Oh, it's how nice of you, but like, I really got to go. But then all of a sudden, there's a cow at the window and they're like, Oh yeah, that cow, that cow, like is from your column. And she's like, Oh right. Yeah. That cow. And they know the name. Yeah. They know the name. They know stuff. the name of the cow. And they're like, Oh, and, and Jefferson's like, I'll, ha- I'll help you take the cow back to the, to the barn. And so they go out and we get a long scene of her basically being like, uh, very coy and him flirting with her, but like feeling uncomfortable about it because he thinks she's married. So it's like a married woman I'm flirting with. I don't like this, even though he clearly is in love with her as well. And basically he's like, she's like, oh, is there anyone special in your life? And she doesn't even, he doesn't even mention Mary Lee at this point. It's like, oh, not little Mary Lee at all. But it's basically like, yeah, there is someone I kind of like. It's like, a, but I can't really do anything about it. And she's like, oh, why not? And it's like, well, she's married. And you can see the smile on her face. She's like, oh, it's Ooh. me. It's like, oh, man. And they like, they'd have a very like kind of coy back and forth of being like, would you kiss this person or like this stuff? Oh. And they get real close and they like basically want to make Dude, out with each other. Their faces are like <clears throat> this close. And they're just like, they just can't fucking, it's electric like close. love. And they're just like, oh, <laughs> it's an electric city up in here. And they, uh, then they look around like, where's the fucking cow? And like, oh, it went into the barn by itself. And they go in the, the barn and they tie up the cow and they're like, wasn't that crazy? We almost had sex out in the snow. And then they <laughs> go out the door and a bunch of snow falls off the top of the house and knocks them out cold. And, and Sloan comes this out. This is like, where oh, the shit. movie just takes a insanely wild turn because now the rest of the movie is about him having to care for her in a vegetative state. Right. And they have and to like, Wow. Yeah. And they also have to cover up the death slash murder of Jefferson. It's insane. Yeah. 1940s, Anyways, man. <laughs> the next morning, the judge returns, uh, but um, they end up postpone, postponing it again. I can't really even remember why. The, the There's judge so many postponements. It's really judges, hard to keep yeah, track of Yeah, the judges keep on getting more and more like... Uh, uh, kind of a- aggravated and frustrated with them because Sloan keeps on calling him back, but uh, Elizabeth keeps on, you know, kind of doing things to sabotage because she clearly just wants to have sex with Jefferson any any which way. And so, uh, then, but then there's like a new, there's a whole another twist. It's like a new baby. It's like a totally different baby. The baby's like huge, like way bigger than the other baby. And talk. Uh, you got teeth and hair and all it's that. It's got stuff. teeth and hair. It's blonde hair instead of black hair, and like it's also a, a a boy or a boy instead of a girl. It's like everything you could think of to be like way out there. That happened with this baby, and so uh, oh, in order to delay it with the new baby, Felix claims the baby swallowed his watch. 
and there's this whole thing it's of not like a wristwatch. Like this is the 1940s where these are you know nice giant watches. watches. Yeah, like a grandfather clock. Anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> and then the uh, so the judge leaves because of the watch. They're calling like the um, the police and stuff like that. But uh, they they say, oh no, it's fine. Uh, the baby is you know fine or whatever. He threw it back up or something. Right. And yeah. then they get a visit oh, shortly thereafter because, you know, Sloan's pissed at this point. It's basically like, we're getting the judge here ASAP and we're getting married. But they get some people come by uh, from like the local town or whatever. And it's basically like, hey, Sloan, like, this is great. Like, you've got a hero here. Jefferson Jones is like a war hero. We'd love for you uh, to come to the local dance. And basically they're like, well up to elizabeth what do you think and elizabeth is just imagining in her head the scenario of dancing with jefferson jones and then the scene afterwards too and is like yes i 100 percent would love to fucking dance with you jefferson and so they head to the dance um and you see a whole like they're very jovial they're like dancing around they're fucking loving it they're dropping it like it's hot and they finish up and Yardley's getting increasingly suspicious of what's happening. There, she, she's seeing her dance with Jefferson's like, well, that's weird. She seems to be like all up on that guy. And then sees them leave and is like, that's even stranger. They're just like leaving the party together to like hang out. She's like a married woman. And then he like walks out and sees them get in the sleigh. They get in the sleigh and they're like kind of hanging out, just sitting there. And the horse starts to walk and they're like, well, isn't this charming and fun? This horse is like taking us for a ride. This is beautiful. And we we love it, and so Yardley is like fed up and like, ugh, ugh. it's like I'm going home, uh, because this is like, you know, unacceptable to me. Like what is happening? And she, he when he gets home, the 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 mother of the new baby comes by to pick up her baby, and he sees her leave with the baby, and it's basically like, my God, the baby's been stolen. It's been a baby napping. <laughs> And so Yardley calls the police, and it's basically like, get the FBI in here. Like we got a baby situation and i'm yardley and i get what's gets what i know. want dude he's a big wig so they get everyone all up in there everyone's like no no no, you're you got a misunderstanding but yardley won't hear anything about it and at the same time elizabeth and jefferson are out on this joyride in the stolen sleigh and they get picked up by the police as well and so they get they get thrown immediately into jail and they're uh they have to spend the night in jail and this was actually kind of a funny scene funny and kind of a sad way too but because they spend the whole night in jail, and so they have a whole bunch of, like, the police are all searching and stuff like that. They get out of jail, and they are walking to the door, and they just say something where they're like, imagine us getting arrested. And I'm like, eh, it's like a loaded statement, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What we got going on here. But, yeah, I mean, I guess I could and imagine was, you. Why can't I imagine you getting arrested? <laughs> you know, it's so funny at this point, because uh, they walk in, and, then, like, all these detectives and police officers or stuff are there, and they're like my god where were you all night like your baby's been missing and yardley's like well of course she's been out looking for her baby and she's like what the baby's missing he's like yes your baby was kidnapped she's like that's fine he's like my god what's wrong with you woman like you're the worst person i've ever met yeah and so yardley's furious basically they explain the situation elizabeth confesses everything and uh yardley's like fucking rip shit Basically, like, uh, you're fired. Duh. Also, police, stop looking for the baby. Whatever. And they're ba- he, she's basically like, well, I'm screwed. And Sloan's now pissed because he got a job offer from Yardley as well to be, like, the editor of a new magazine. And it's like, uh, how could you do that? Like, this is terrible. At the same time, Jefferson's fiance shows up. Little Mary Lee. And 
Elizabeth becomes dejected as well. Because at least in this whole situation, she could have at least jumped Jefferson's bones. Uh, But now, all of a sudden, he's engaged as well. And she's like, well, now now I'm fired and I've been jonesing for this Jefferson Jones. And I I don't even get my sweet Jefferson time. Jonesing for Jones and Jones. She's jonesing for that Jones. And so then... Felix is kind of like hanging out and learns from Mary Lee that, oh, no, she's here to actually break it off with Jefferson because she actually ended up married. She's married now. She married Sinkowitz while he was away. Uh, So she's straight up married to Sinkowitz. That's crazy. The old Magoo is supposed to just work. You're not supposed to get married. Right. But but it's Mary Lee. man? Yeah. Sinkowitz couldn't couldn't handle Mary Lee. Yeah. And so then- she gave him a bath? Oh, one well, one hundred percent gave her a bath, but that's just polite. Anyways, uh, then Felix comes up with a plan. He's like, "I got this all figured out." Mary Lee out of the picture. He gets Yardley into the kitchen and is basically like, "Mm, "Just eating some breakfast, no big deal." And Yardley's like, "I want some breakfast. Give me that sweet kidneys." And uh, Felix is like, "I don't know. I don't know if I can give you any." Also. You know what? It's weird you fired Elizabeth since she got that great other offer and who cares about your magazine? And he's like, oh, what? What offer? And Felix is like, yeah, I forgot to tell you. She got a message. Um, she got a giant offer from your computer competitor. And so she's going to go there and make big bucks. Don't even worry about it. And so then Yardley gets all like competitive. It's like, oh, fuck that. And it's like, uh, Elizabeth, you're hired and you're going to get a raise. And so I was like, what? And then... Uh, Felix goes and tells Jefferson, uh, guess what? A, Mary Lee, not into you, married. B, <gasps> Elizabeth, never married, not even married. And Jefferson's like, holy shit, I can be with Elizabeth Lane right now. And she could not cook me anything because she can't actually cook. She's a liar. But that's still, I could be with her. And so he goes in and interrupts Elizabeth packing up everything and is like, I am into you and I want to make out with you even though you're married. And she's like, ah, that is disgusting and rude. I will not handle it. And eventually they have this whole like running around and he's kind of creeping. He's like, he's, he's a big creepster. <laughs> and then anyway, she's, he's eventually, he's like, I was just joshing. I know you're not married and I'm not even engaged either. It's not a big deal. Whatever. We should probably get married. Stat. And they do, because they say, let's bring the judge and get married now, literally like an hour later. The end, Christmas in Connecticut. Well, Yardley offers her that job, too, and she says, yeah. I'm not taking that. Oh, she uh, did he, well, I, like, I, can't, I can't even remember that end. She, she actually yeah. didn't take the job? She turned it down. It was like double or triple the pay, and she's like, no way. It's like, all right, lady, you do you. I mean, I guess. What is, have we seen Jefferson have any marketable skills at this point? He's, he's very he's handsome. <laughs> he, is. he can play piano. Yeah, so I guess he could he's be a very actor. good pianist. What's that? He's a very good pianist. Yeah. I mean, give him that. Hell I mean, I of guess a dancer. He can he can open his his uh, baby bathing studio. I guess. Yeah. That is true. Military man. He can man. identify the gender of a baby. With one like more hero. Sure. I mean, he's better than I. I mean, he's. I, I'm that envious of a him. Baby? For sure. Yeah, he's better at bathing a baby. Those baby bathing skills. I'd kill for that. 
one day. I believe if you try hard enough and you dedicate yourself and your life and you have the willpower, you can bathe a baby one day, Brom. I look forward to that. I believe in Artisanal you. baby yeah. bathing. <laughs> Sounds great. Bath bombs, uh, candles, the whole thing, whatever. Um, this is getting weird. Yep. That's it, though. That's what we got. That is Christmas in Connecticut. Christmas in Connecticut. Uh-oh. You said uh, you said this is like a wh- yes. What we kind do. Of- have, I I do have interlibrary loans that are out. Somebody watching the stream, she knows. She <laughs> I got knows. I got I got two I got two at my house. One I'm picking up on Monday. Very embarrassing film. I will be picking up from interlibrary loans. It's great. Isn't that the that's the Roseanne one you were talking about? The ro- the yeah the Rosie O'Donnell film Rosie O'Donnell Dan oh, Aykroyd uh, Exit to Eden. I was very excited that the library was able to get it for me. Now we're definitely so on track. You. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh right. man. Should we talk? All right. Should we do reviews? Talk I think about so. reviews for this movie. I think, I think we should do that. All right. I never go first. I kind of want to go first. Can I? Am I yeah. allowed? No, you're allowed to. I'll allow it. All right. I was kind of shocked when we watched this movie, Christmas in Connecticut. I'd never heard of it. Uh, Brom there said it had a submarine, and I was... Real quick, like, okay, real quick. Was... Clarification. what you say? Learned about this from my friend Keisha. Big shout out to her. She is the owner of Kevin the Dog that we always rag on. So oh, that piece of shit. Maybe, oh, maybe there yeah. needs to be... Maybe, Jamie, in fact, there needs to be a referendum, though. Maybe we need to look at Kevin in a different light as his owner brought forth this this film for us. But did Kevin bring forward the film? No, Kevin can't do shit. (laughs) (laughs) He sucks. Well, there you go. Kevin is who he is. But we do appreciate Keisha. Keisha. Thank you, Keisha. Uh, so yeah, we had a submarine right in the beginning of the movie was like, oh my gosh, how much submarine are we going to have in this thing? It's just going to be the bee's knees. And we didn't get a lot of submarine. We did get a rom-com, a holiday rom-com. And honestly, this is something that I could have sat down with my wife. Anybody could sit down with a significant other, even though it's from 1945. And I think somebody would find something enjoyable in it. I thought... I thought it was actually pretty funny. Like Felix, he was he was a good character. The judge, I don't know. The judge just cracked me up. He's just just goofy, laughing at his own jokes. Like they made him leave through the window one time. He's like, oh, okay, I'll leave through the window. Yeah, he's like, like fucking loving it. <laughs> I know he was just all about it. But then, but he's like, don't bring me back here. You know, he's like, I'll leave however you want, but just quit bringing me back here. Um, and then, yeah, the situations they were getting into with. The kids and calling it it and just everything, trying to keep everything hidden the whole time. I enjoyed it. Uh, Something, again, you could watch with your significant other or loved one or anyone really. doesn't matter. It's not like crazy. But submarine action, while it was there, wasn't really great. Uh they did sink a surface ship, which is always cool. But I enjoyed myself. I'm going to come in at like a, oh man, probably a seven. 
And I could jump in, number two spot, classic Jamie scenario. Um, I, I also, I would say almost exactly the same thing. I enjoyed myself. I was actually a little surprised. I don't really watch too many older comedies. Usually when I watch an older one, I'm seeing more of like an older action one. Maybe I watch like a Western or I watch like a old war movie or I watch, you know, a, kind of a more dramatic one like Casablanca or something like that. Um, these screwball comedies, and this, I think this would classify as a screwball comedy, kind of a screwy uh, way of going about like a lot of, you know, crazy situations and misunderstandings and that kind of stuff. So um, I don't really watch too many of those. And I really enjoyed it, actually. I was surprised. I even I even looked and saw what other ones were available for me to watch um, after watching this movie. So that's always a good thing and a, and a positive. Not a lot of submarine, only a very the briefest a uh, glimpse of a Captain Dick, although the captain was there. He sh- for sure was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was unrolling it. And he, sh- he showed what he got, uh, sending off those torpedoes and all that stuff. But very little torp- uh, or submarine action. Barbara Stanwyck, amazing. Uh, main guy, adequate <laughs> person. I mean, yeah. yeah. Uh, and some other funny uh, actors and stuff like that. I thought the directing was pretty good. And, and it's always fun to see some of the kind of movie magic that comes with some of this stuff, like the big sets and the different houses and stuff that they build and and kind of do for this. This isn't necessarily the craziest amount of movie magic, but still, you know, it's pretty cool in these older films, just how they make, even when you're filming on a studio, make it look like you're in somewhere totally different or, you know, totally, you know, you know, interesting countryside, all that kind of stuff, even though they're probably like indoors and all that stuff. So, um, you know, I enjoyed myself, thought it was a good movie, inspired me to watch other older movies, which I don't, you know, do on a regular basis. And uh, so I'm going to come in at a 7.5. And I, the caveat being, I would have given it higher probably if it had more submarine, if it was more of a submarine movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing I always think of with these older comedy movies and a reason that I don't watch them. I mean, it's just not my, not my bag. I mean, some people love it and that type of stuff, but a lot of them I feel like are the slapstick style comedy. Cause that's what they get, right. you know, oh, hey, you know, smacking people around, whatever, but I'm thinking more like bringing up baby though. This is, this is kind of like that. Bringing up baby. And those kind of like, ro- there's just like a whole genre of romance films that are very similar to this. Hmm. Right, how do do it? I guess it's like the, the source of the rom-com back then it was much more screwball physical comedy associated with the rom-com portion of it yeah this is definitely like a you could look at this as like a modern i think this holds up honestly it's like a modern rom-com but yeah a lot of the tropes are even there like the misunderstandings and all that stuff is something that's persisted to today in in romantic comedies a lot of lying basically yeah (laughs) lying deceit deception right money up for grabs romance all right. All right, Brom. What do you got here? I can't say much different. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by the film. Um, was pleasantly surprised that we hadn't heard of this um, from someone. I feel like, you know, a, a film like On the Beach was on the tip of, I think, was it your dad, uh, Jamie? On the tip of his tongue. Someone mentioned On yeah. the Beach the moment we talked on about the beach a submarine was, yeah, podcast. That was my dad's one that he said right away. Yeah, I, I think the caliber of this film wasn't too far off. I thought the amount of submarine wasn't honestly that too much far off from what was in uh, something like On the Beach. Um, 
so yeah, I was surprised that we made it this long without hearing about this film and heard it in passing from my friend. Um, and glad that we got to watch it. Perfect timing for the holidays. Uh, as you guys said, I thought the humor had a timeless quality to it, which is something I usually rag on with a lot of these older films. The humor's, like you said, slapstick or dumb or Cary Grant sitting on a hot plate or something like that. <laughs> An Operation <laughs> Petticoat. And it's just like, God, that's really lame. This, this had uh, a timeless quality to it, and it was enjoyable. Um, holds up to today. And uh, if you haven't heard of this one or seen this one, I highly recommend it. It feels like a classic Christmas film, and I'm just shocked it isn't, basically. It's not one that deserves like a 24-hour marathon because it's not a, you know, Christmas doesn't have a huge motif in the film but um i think it fits fits in with uh, the holidays and uh when we first heard it I, I was thinking we were watching like some 2016 hallmark original movie or something and uh there heck there could be a version of that out there but um no this was this was something special i'm gonna give it a seven Again, same thing Jamie said. It could be a lot higher if it was actually subcentric, and this is a submarine podcast. It was very far from a subcentric film. Right. Uh, had a sub cameo, effectively, but was a very competent and enjoyable film. So, seven. Well, it's a solid movie. I think definitely. I mean, Grant, we're watching movies for subs, right? But right. if you're not watching movies for subs. And somehow you've stumbled onto us. Uh, just check this movie out. It's definitely yeah, it's fun. Worth it. I, I think it's definitely a fun one, especially if you're if you're looking for a Christmas movie one year and you don't want to watch your Christmas story or whatever again, you know, and you've never seen Christmas in Connecticut. It's a fun one to watch, and it's definitely something that you can watch with everyone. It's not there's nothing in it that's going to be a problem. Com- completely agree. Did we mention where to watch it? Oh, well, I watched it no. on Hulu, I think. It was on there? Was it free? Yeah. Well, no, no, no. no. It's, it's with Hulu. It's with the Hulu, whatever. I mean, it may have been for free, but I, I watched it through Hulu. You said I, it was uh, on Prime, Hulu, right? Yeah. It's also on Prime. Yeah, you can find it on Prime. Apparently, I thought it was free, but apparently I have all these credits from, like, delaying deliveries or something like that. So oh, I uh, that's why it was free on my television to me. But, yeah, it's on Prime. Apparently on Hulu. Is, did you is it that where you watched it, Brom? No, I, I, I was on my. Was on my it. I may have watched it through AMC. AMC has it right now. May watch it. It was that. on my. It was on my movie server. Oh, okay. Yeah, good movie. All right, should I do do a little trivia? Let's do it. Let's do I'm going to do. I'm going to keep this fairly short, but some some kind of funny ones given what we've talked about. I was just looking at the trivia here. Guess what? John Sloan's Connecticut home is is in this film is the same set used in Bringing Up Baby, which is a movie I just mentioned as an example of a screwball comedy. Bringing Up Baby is that a is that an older one also? Yeah, it's nineteen thirty eight. It's a uh, Catherine Hepburn Ooh. and Cary Grant. While trying to secure a one million dollar donation for his museum, a befuddled paleontologist is pursued by a flighty and often irritating heiress and her pet leopard, Baby. Hmm. Wait, now this is, is that the, the same. Is the prequel to Baby Driver? Man, I, didn't re- I guess I didn't realize Cary Grant's age. I didn't realize he was back in movies in the 30s and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. Wow. Was that a prequel uh, to Baby Driver, Jamie? What's that? Was that the prequel to Baby Driver? No. I had to say the joke three times. It kind of uh, 
feels bad the third time you say it. <laughs> uh, Bette Davis was originally cast as Elizabeth in early 1944, but Barbara Stanwyck replaced her in April of that year. So, could have been Bette Davis. Hmm. We'll see. We'll see Bette Davis at some point. She's in uh, that movie Madam Sin, which is a uh, submarine movie. We just never, we haven't Ooh. watched it yet. Uh, and I, another kind of coincidental thing, I had mentioned uh, that probably the U-boat stuff footage was maybe from a different movie. It was. It was from a movie called Action in the North Atlantic, 1943, which stars Humphrey Bogart. That's a movie that is on our list. Yeah. So that'll well, be, that, that, I, you know, I'm very interested in watching that. I just watched a Humphrey Bogart film uh, the other day. After watching Christmas in Connecticut and being like, I should watch more older movies, I watched a Humphrey Bogart film. Have you found any of these old actors when you've like been going through watching these things? You're like, wow, you know, you just for whatever reason you want to see more of theirs. Well, Humphrey Burger is interesting because he's not built. There, there is something a little bit of a force of his personality and, and of his charisma and stuff like that because he's very slight. He's actually almost exactly my size um, of a person, including like my weight and stuff like that. And you know, I'm I'm fairly trim because I you know run and stuff like that. And, you run like a million miles a day. So. And he's he's very small. So And you can tell sometimes when you get him in suits and stuff like that. He's a very small person. And that's not necessarily what you would necessarily think of uh, of big movie Hollywood stars and stuff like man. that. And you think of them as being 6'2 or something like that. But no, he was like just around 6'11 or just around 5'11. And like okay. 100, you know, 140 something. Like he's like small. <laughs> he's a small dude, and you can yeah. tell. And some of the when they when they kind of pan out and they give him a full body, you're like, wow, he was really tiny, and yet he was this huge star. So that's kind of the interesting thing about him. If I had to think and about then, somebody that I would want to see more of, based on sort of being introduced to them from the the podcast and watching these old movies, I I really enjoyed the most to this point uh tony curtis when he was in operation Mm. petticoat i'd love to see more of him and something i just thought burt lancaster was another one because he was very physical he's like a very physical actor and it felt like you there could be a lot of interesting like action stuff for him one of the guys i want to watch more of and i've picked up several of the movies from the library and stuff as uh Ernest Borgnine. I don't know why. I yeah. just Body by Borg. Like, yeah, Body by Borg, man. You know, just get on that. I think, I don't know. He's He's been in a lot of good stuff. I mean, shoot, he was Mermaid Man in SpongeBob. It's true. All right, I'm going to do and one more, and this is the best one ever. Best of, best of all the trivia. So this was remade in 1992 for as a TV movie. So it's a TV movie in 1992. Now, don't worry, no submarines in that one. Uh, Chris Christopherson plays Jefferson Jones, but in that movie, he was a, um, like a firefighter who is like a heroic firefighter. And that's how he ends up getting mm-hmm. invited to Christmas in Connecticut. Um, but it starred Diane Can- uh, Cannon as Elizabeth, Chris Christopherson, Jefferson Jones, and Tony Curtis as Mr. Yardley. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm saying coincidences across the board wow. uh, right now. But it was a made-for-TV movie, first aired on TNT, directed by who? Directed a major action what year star was this? directed it. A major, a major, major? Ac- action star directed it. What year? Oh, 1992. 92. Schwarzenegger. I hope it. Schwarzenegger directed that movie. Is that correct? Seriously. Arnold Schwarzenegger directed it. Yep. Wow. What? 
Yep. And and this is where I was saying at the beginning, when I, before we even started recording, I started being like, wait, did Arnold Schwarzenegger direct anything else? This is the only feature he directed, but he did direct a TV show at one point. And then I was like, did this does this happen regularly? Tom Cruise, if you look, there is one directing credit for Tom Cruise where he directed an episode of a television show and stuff like that. It does seem like these actors and stuff like that, eventually someone's like, how about you give a shot at directing? And Arnold Schwarzenegger directs something. He's like, yeah, I didn't like that. <laughs> they just never do it again. <laughs> and so you can find a bunch of these cases of uh, of actors like doing one directing thing and clearly being like, yeah, that wasn't for me. I can't wow. imagine him directing. Yeah. Come over here. Look into so his eyes longingly. You must look right. into his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. Yep. And then, yeah, did you, do you guys want to do trivia? We could do trivia or we can just move Let's on. Let's do trivia. Whatever. It's Christmas, right? It's all, Let's do it's trivia. All, all Connecticut trivia all the time. Uh, I think you guys gave it the same score, right? Sevens. Yeah. So, you know, Kyle, since you gave it first, I'm going to give it to Brom. Brom, what do you want? 200, 400, uh, 600, 800, or 1,000? 200. It's called a Connecticut Yankee. 200. This pediatrician who wrote the book on baby and child care was born in New Haven in 1903 and rode crew for Yale. This Uh, pediatrician who wrote the book on baby and child care. Wrong. (laughs) Kyle, do you know this? Seeing if you have a baby? I don't. Uh, It's Dr. Spock. Dr. Spock. Famous pediatrician. I was referencing Rugrats. Kyle, 400, 600, 800,000. 400, let's go. A contribution of this Sterling, Connecticut man, the first average of selected U.S. stock prices. That's a, contra- that's a question. Yeah, a contribution of this Sterling, Connecticut man was the first average of selected U.S. stock prices. This is the 400? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, it's Connecticut it's- man. It's got to be, is it a president? Can I ask that? It's, no. it's not a president. It I've is a very guess. famous, it's a very famous U.S. stock exchange average oh I've oh shoot what the heck is the guy's name <laughs> i've got warren, it it's not warren buffett no the stock exchange sorry yeah. it's the s&p 500 yeah so mr <laughs> s&p 500 <laughs> i was gonna guess dow jones it's dow it's dow oh okay. man charles henry dow is <laughs> mr nasdaq um dude stern in the uh in the stream he's blowing up he knows he's mr dow i'm six, an idiot yeah 600 800 or a thousand bro 600. These have been hard. Okay, so this is this is this is for New England people. This is a, you know, pretty common one. This patriot began his one life in Coventry, Connecticut on June 6th, 1755. So this patriot began his one life in Coventry, Connecticut on June 6th, 1755. So the clue is one life. Yeah, cuz it's like a famous thing from his speech he gave at when he was about to get killed. I don't know. Um Paul Revere. It's not Paul Revere. <laughs> so basically, like, the speech he gives before he's about to get executed is basically, like, the only thing I regret is I only have one life to give to my country or something like that. Oh, Mel my Gibson. God. Something Gibson. along those lines. That's what it is. Yeah, it, is it is Mel Gibson. No, it's, uh, it's you know, <laughs> you don't know. Fitzgerald. No, it's, oh. it's Nathan Hale. Nathan Hale. Oh, very okay. famous Connecticut, uh, Connecticut patriot. Wow. I feel like such an idiot. Did, did our, did, or a thousand. did you our can, listener you can get that one there, uh, Kyle? Uh, no, Mel Gibson was also guest. So, <laughs> um, 
I mean, that's the biggest Patriot I know. Uh, just go, just go ahead and give me eight hundred. There's no way I'm going to get it anyway. This gun makers manufacturing company is in Hartford, his birthplace. This gun makers manufacturing company is in Hartford, his birthplace. Browning, John Browning. Wrong. Mm. Oh, Better guess than I would have came up. Hartford, Connecticut. It is. I don't know. Smith and Wesson. Samuel Colt. Oh. Uh, and the final one, $1,000. This Connecticut uh, lexicographer's blue-backed speller has never been out of print. One more time. This Connecticut lexicographer's blue-backed speller has never been out of print. <gasps> I think I might know. What's a lexicographer? Dude, come on, man. Dictionary? Merriam-Webster dictionary? Yeah. It is Webster. Wow. Noah Webster. All right, and now we're on the Phantom Zone. Last thing. Engage the Phantom. Now, usually I just kind of like skip over this whole stuff because I don't really have much to say about it, but it's actually, I did have to do some work, so let me get my piece of paper. So Reginald Gardner, who played Sloane in this, was in a movie called Born to Dance, which starred Eleanor Powell. And you might be like, oh, Born to Dance? What's submarines going to do with dancing? But again, it's kind of like this. They have to like get something, some papers to somewhere else, and they travel on a submarine to do it. But Eleanor Powell- Kyle, do you add all these uh, to your list while while Jamie does this? Because we've got like a million things from Jamie's Phantom Zone. (laughs) I need to. I'm going to put this on the listeners. Please go back and listen to all Jamie's <laughs> Right. Yes. Most of the time I just say we've already done something. I don't want to miss one. After all this work we've put in, and we're going to eventually be I over know, 200, crazy. We, uh, we can't miss any. Yeah. So then he, Eleanor Powell was also in one called Ships, Ships Ahoy. Now this one, I'm not totally sure there's a submarine in this, but the, the plot revolves around getting something to a submarine. So hopefully it at least shows it. And I would hate for them to make a whole movie and not show the submarine, right? Uh, so that uh, more Maroney Olson was also was in Ships Ahoy, but it was also in Submarine Patrol. Maroney Wilson must be on our list, right? Maroney Maroney Olson, mm. and then uh, Ward Bard, or yeah, Ward, I think that was his name. Ward Bard was in Submarine Pro- Patrol, and he was he was also in Operation Pacific, which we already watched. But he also was in another film, which I just wanted to mention. It's called They Came to Blow Up America, which is about submarines. They came Seriously? to blow up America. Yeah. Kind of a fun, they, I'm fun getting title. these on the list now. All right, Brom. I'm, I'm, we're gonna I'm get, writing this stuff down right now. We're going to hit 300, man. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this is it's kind of crazy because usually here I make up some crazy story about Ed Harris and all that stuff. But, I didn't, you know, there's really nothing to say about this. I mean, when the thing is, is it's a well-known fact that him and Arnold Schwarzenegger have a long, um, you know, growing feud. And so, and he wasn't born for this first one, but when the remake came around, obviously first person that came to mind was Ed Harris. But once Arnold Schwarzenegger was signed as a director, there was no fucking way. Those guys hate each other. So. Amazing. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. That's what we got. All right. All right. It's time for little. It's, it's sub 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 world world wide wide. All right, I know we are quite lengthy tonight, so I just wanted to keep this short. Uh, Connecticut is home to something that's near and dear to submersion. So I figured I'd just give a little 
Little uh, shout out, maybe a little tourist attraction. I see you drinking wine up there, Brom. You're an animal. You're glowing red from that wine. Uh, there okay. it is. I'm going, I'm going red from the red image I have to make me look Christmassy. I like that. I'm going to go blue. <laughs> yeah, go blue. Oh, there he is. All right. So I figured we watched a movie called Christmas in Connecticut. Let's go ahead and talk about a little town in Connecticut called Groton. Wow. Groton, this is important. I don't have a whole lot of information on it, but it is an important city. It has roughly 40,000 people, and it's in the southeastern portion of Connecticut. It was incorporated in 1705, so it is extremely old, and it is 45.3 square miles, 31.47% water, which is important to us. Just a little bit of history on this place. Back in the 1600s, settlers came to America, and there actually was a conflict with indigenous tribes, believe it or not. Can't believe that happened. Uh, never hear about that going on. But the settlers, this is what Wikipedia says, inadvertently killed a chief of a uh, tribe, which I don't know how you do that, but they somehow they did it. Um, there's all kinds of history regarding Groton, Connecticut, Revolutionary War, all types of stuff. I encourage you to look it up. A lot of good information on Wikipedia. Uh, just some fun facts here. The biggest employers in Groton, Connecticut are the Naval Submarine Base of New London with 10,000 employees, General Dynamics Electric Boat with 8,200 employees, a company that I'm sure nobody has recently heard of in the news called Pfizer with nearly 3,400 employees, and then the town itself, and there are a few points of interest if you're looking for a place to go after Pfizer has supplied you with a vaccine. You maybe can go visit their plant or you could visit some of these other great places. The Branford House, Fort Griswold, the Groton Monument, claimed to be one of the oldest obelisks in the United States. A archaeological site that I cannot pronounce, uh, Gungi Womp. <laughs> There's no way it's... <laughs> I think, I think that. No way it's how you say that. Sounds uh, good. The new, yeah, the new London Ledge Light, the uh, Pequot Fort, the Jabez Smith House, Edward Yeoman's House, and most importantly, if you go to Groton, Connecticut, go to the U.S. Navy Submarine Force Library and Museum, Whoa. which also includes the USS. Nautilus. Nice. Go check that out. So, just wanted to keep it brief. Give a shout out to Connecticut. Never been there, but if I do go, I'm going to definitely check out that submarine museum. Very That's cool. all I got. That's all I got. You ready? You got something for us, Brom? Yes. Tube yes. three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. All right, so we are celebrating the holidays. We're celebrating Christmas here. Um, and to everyone else out there celebrating their respective uh, holidays, warm wishes to all of you. Um, but we all know that this is 
the time of year, it is a wet dream for any capitalist out there, for any person in retail. This is the, the point of the season that you're looking forward to the most where you can bring home some bank. Um, because so many businesses thrive on the holiday season and all of the, the gift giving that goes on, all the tourism and travel that goes on. So we're going to celebrate uh, Christmas here on the Submersion, the capitalist way, with a top five Christmas capitalist fun facts. Mm, I like this. So we're going to be looking at a few different sectors here. We're going to start with the best-selling Christmas toy or Christmas gift for children of all time here. Wow. It originated in 1983. This bestseller, you guys know what it is? 1983? Mm-hmm. Is it... Uh, Still going strong. Very strong is it the brand. Slinky? It's a very good guess. I like that guess. Jamie, do you want to take a stab? I would have never oh, got no. this, by the way. I definitely know the brand, but I would never have got this. It is the Cabbage Patch Kid is the best-selling oh. Christmas oh. gift of yeah, all time. Yeah, you got to think of the fads. Cabbage, Cabbage Patch was definitely a fad. But he said it's still going strong. Still no, going I know, strong, I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm thinking like just the ones that you, you hear on the news being like, whoa, yeah. this one's selling a lot. Yeah. we do On the stream, we do have a suggestion, possibly Baby Yoda. 1983, <laughs> that's true, Baby Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda. Um, nope, it's Cabbage Patch Kids. Yeah, I don't think I would have ever got that. I don't think I ever owned a Cabbage Patch Kid myself. I don't think so. But, uh, Not me. I think my sister did. Maybe. I, my, my mind immediately sure went to, my, uh, my mind Im- immediately went to Furby, but that was the definition of a fad. That was like one or two years. Right. They, I think they had a product offering and then it kind of <sighs> fell by the wayside, but Cabbage Patch Kids holding strong. like... They would skin the Furby, and you could, like, people would sell the pelts of them. You remember that? Yeah, great. It's Furbies. It's I had a Furby. What's going I don't on recall that. <laughs> man, you got to start living, Brom. Come on, man. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Number four, open this up to the, the listeners at home as well. What is the best-selling Christmas song of all time? Oh, I, I, I think I may know this. And it's tracked by digital downloads, and digital downloads have not always been tracked. So you got to think a little bit more contemporary. But best-selling with, I think it was uh, eight times multi-platinum. Give those listeners at home a few extra seconds here. Do you guys have any guesses, Jamie or Kyle? Well, I I would say a wrong wrong guess would, I would say, would probably be like uh, the Chipmunks. Mm, Right. uh, You know, was it... Christmas, I want a hula hoop or whatever it was. That is a that is that an one? incorrect guess. Um, right. It I, is. So that would be one that was a very famous song, but it wouldn't be the top song. It didn't break into the top 10 either. Some of these actually surprised me. Justin Bieber's Mistletoes on the list. Mm. What? <laughs> really? Say, well, All right. I've got I've got two guesses. I Well, yeah. My, Ooh, my guess like is already up on the stream. This one. I like this one right here. Wham's Last Christmas. I like that song. It's a good one. Okay. What are, what are the guesses from home? White so Christmas. Yep. And then Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. Who guessed that? Stern. Stern, congratulations. You win a $20 Starbucks gift card from the podcast on behalf of Kyle. Hey, that is not a thing. But congrats on your, your pride and Stern. your bragging rights. 
All I Want for Christmas is You, Mariah Carey, three, uh, or pardon me, eight times multi-platinum bestseller. That is your number one Christmas song of all time. Number three, that was what my is first the first guess? And then maybe like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was that on there at all? Um, no, I think these are. Yeah, I think these. I think as you said, the tracking makes it so a contemporary one. Yeah, are more it's got to be. Yeah, the, 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 by by tracking standards here, yeah, it's going to be digital downloads. So now it seems to be all contemporary, except the oldest here is 1957, Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms, and then hmm. following oh. that was 1958, number five, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. The top three are all from the 90s or. Or younger, I guess you could say. Um, next one, fun one question here for you. Again, keep this open out there for listeners. What is the most visited country for holiday tourism? I think I made of this one. What do you what do you guys got? My my guess is UK, London. Kyle? For holiday tourism. So this is specific to christmas right this isn't it's, me trying to it's get not away specific to christmas it's what happens to have the most international tourists during the i guess it would probably be november through january or something like that i'm gonna go warm with it man mm. i think i think it might be Little mexico I, I was thinking mexico i was at first my mind went to jamaica but i'm like that's only because I've, I've i've been there so it's probably mexico i would think Right, you got to get it's an warm. interesting guess. It's an interesting guess. Just on people and population alone, number four is China with sixty-five point seven million last year. Number wow. three was the United States with almost eighty million, seventy-nine point three. Number two was Spain with eighty-three point seven, and number one. Where? Congrats to anyone that guessed France with nearly ninety million tourists during the holiday season. So it must be. It's like guys like Home Alone. Home Alone was Paris. That's where they were going. Yep. Man, France, huh? France. Number one. Congratulations to our French listeners for being the hot spot for Christmas tourists. Suck the bear. I don't know how to say that. Baguette. Baguette. Number two. All right, here we go. It's estimated that uh, this is just a fact, no no guessing here, and I actually had to do some of the math my, myself here, but it is estimated that per U.S. citizen, $30 are spent on lottery scratch-offs every holiday season. It's a common gift. That's a big tradition in my family. I gave away $94 worth of scratch-off tickets this year. Any big winners? Uh, I only heard back from like three of the 20 people that I gave Christmas lottery tickets to, or four maybe, and I have $75 worth of winners. So we're doing mm. really well. So hopefully there's some winners in the remaining yeah, 17 or so f- folks I gave it to. But I think we had a I great five won $5 a great year. on one. Felt good. You won? What'd you get? Five bucks. I got five bucks. There you go. That's uh, That's lunch. Uh, yeah, number not one, for a, not for a fat guy. Say what, Kyle? I said not for a fat guy. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you got to get your grub on. Go somewhere where you can get some cheap food, like Taco Bell. Uh, number one, over a another another fact here. Over one 
trillion dollars were spent on Christmas gifts in America this year. Dang. A pretty impressive number. Dollars. There you go. So those are my top well, five like... Christmas capitalist fun facts. Thanks for everyone's participation. Congrats to Stern on the Starbucks gift card. And <laughs> Not Merry happening. Christmas, Happy Holidays, <laughs> um, and yeah. best wishes for a bright and brilliant 2021, hopefully better than 2020. It's true. I Get ready for that New Year's resolutions and support your local public library. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com. 